0: Welcome to my podcast, I dubbed a long time ago, Toad's Pad. I did a podcast a year ago, a little over a year ago, uh, by the same name, but I was trying to do, I think, stories that were uh, to way too wide an audience, okay, and I'm going to try with this, that's why I've started at one, I'm going to try to stay in the realm um, that that I really find interesting as far as... Paranormal stuff, aliens, Bigfoot, and uh, just strange stories in general that may have nothing to do with those topics. Out of the norm stuff. Just because if, if I'm gonna pick a niche, so to speak, that's what I. That's what I'm gonna choose. I love podcasting. Uh, even when I wasn't doing a podcast, I've you know been a fan of, you know, a handful or two of shows for a couple of years. And now that I've started doing this one again. I want, I want to try to, of course, do this as well as I can, but also uh, me and uh, my old lady are, are trying to put something together as well. We've been together a long time, and I'm a creative type. You know, I'm a musician first. You know, no matter what my crazy dream might have been uh, with music or whatever, she has always supported me damn near blindly. And you know, of course, I appreciate that very much, and it's just a—it's a real treat for me to be able to do something um, artistic and expressive with her for once, as opposed to her just being the you know the cheerleader. Uh, with that show, I don't—I don't know exactly uh, if it'll be based to a niche like this one, but I'm sure it'll be fun. She's excited about it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy, like I said, to do something creative with her. Uh, on this show, I will talk about, and I have talked about, some crazy stuff. Stuff that even I halfway believe. Um, some of the stuff I, I completely, or at least 90%, believe or have faith in. You know, and one of those stories uh, that's been making a lot a, a lot of waves, you know, in the news in general, but especially in the UFO culture, is... Uh, David Fravor, who is, was a, a pilot for the military for a very long time. He worked with the Marines. He was, flew with the Navy, I believe, uh, 24, 25 years. I don't have really good notes, so forgive me. Being disheveled is just kind of my style, I suppose. But with the Navy, 24, 25 years, all these accolades, top of the top kind of guy. Making a very long story a lot shorter. Uh, one day, him and two other jets, um, two people in each jet, are sent out for um, drills, exercises, things like that. And keep in mind, from the start of this, none of these jets have any ammunition, live ammunition, um, for the sake of you know not accidentally, you know, shooting down a fellow soldier, a comrade. But they're, they're doing these training exercises and they're told to, you know, pretty much stop that. And in my own words, um, we don't know what something is. Go check it out. Here's the coordinates. So, of course, they do as they're ordered, not knowing what they're going into. And at some point after, you know, all this is has transpired, then uh, the people communicating with them via radio tell them, you know, hey, there's been... These, these crafts, uh, we don't know what they are,' I've been up to 12 of them. Uh, they had been tracking them for a week or two uh, and not, not telling these, these soldiers this or you know, once again sending them into a, a definitely questionable situation with, with no means of self-defense in the air, but they get there, get to the location and they see a disturbance in the water. And what looks like the water breaking over something at the surface, um, Fravor, David Fravor, commander David Fravor, describes it as being cross-shaped. The object that was in the water, you know, couldn't see it really well, but it was big enough to see the shape of it. Um, and he described it as cross, cross-shaped, but the water's breaking over it like it would, you know, say rocks or something. The waves are breaking over this object. Um, I think he described it as about the size of uh, 747. So so they're looking, they're checking it out. And they then see what he described as a craft just floating there that looked like a tic-tac. White, tic-tac shaped craft. I think he said it was about the size of a jet. But anyways, they, they circle around, they're looking at this thing. And eventually Fravor's the one who says, I'm going to go check it out. Let's see what this is. So he starts uh, descending slowly uh, for safety reasons. And when he gets so close, the thing starts pretty much mirroring, mirroring him in a rotation. And he tries to go as fast as he can to get as close as he can to whatever this is. And when he gets so close to it, the thing just disappears. And, you know, he's communicating via radio to... The other two jets that are still up in the air, uh witnessing all this, along with his co pilot. And, you know, of course he's like, Hey, do you, you know, do you see the thing? No, it's gone, you know, disappeared. And I believe within sixty seconds, uh one of the points they were supposed to go to, but had not gone to yet, this thing shows up. Okay, and that's uh that's, you know, compelling for multiple reasons, because they hadn't been there. So in a way, I don't know if it's whatever this thing was mocking them, you know. And uh, to pause, you know, there's nothing saying a hundred percent for sure that this is not some man-driven craft. But the way he describes it, you know, like when he came up on it and it was over this cross-shaped object uh, moving like a ping-pong ball, bouncing around in a the glass, then the you know the speed with which, you know, they They've seen this thing take off, you know. It kind of goes against physics and what the human body can withstand. But, anyways, going back to the story, um, goes to this location. They go over there. um, They find it, and this time, uh, Fravers, I believe it was Fravers' co-pilot or him, um, catch the thing on one of their. um, He calls it a pod, but pretty much it's it's video. And they start filming this thing. And, you know, I I always leave it up to... Just like if I'm having conversation with somebody... You know, I leave it up to the person, you know, you decide. um, Check out David Fravor. Watch the video. And, you know, you make the decision as to... If you think it's believable or not. But, you know, the... The bottom line is, it's on camera. You know, he says in detail... Uh, there's no way this is any craft he has ever seen or that he knows of. And, and this is a guy that's highly decorated. He's, you know, no, no scandalous stuff. He's not, um, you know, a UFO nut from back in the day or something like that. Um, this guy's highly respected and trained in observation, among a lot of other things, obviously. And if there's anybody that I would believe, it would be people like him. You know, Looney hippie guy sitting around the fire telling you stories about crazy stuff he saw in the sky. You know, he could be telling the truth, but a lot of times those kind of stories are BS, or at least um, exaggerated. You know, and, th- and there are so many stories. There's so much stuff that's within UFO culture. I do think a lot of it is misinformation, whether it's that's on purpose or accidental by people that are either assholes or mentally ill you know there are even people that are mentally ill on the level of schizophrenia that genuinely believe some of the stories that might you know these certain individuals will say but are completely untrue and they're just batshit crazy but there are a lot of stories that at least deserve consideration you know I'm I'm somebody who doesn't I don't believe everything I hear I'm skeptical of of everything and I definitely don't trust anything upon first glance. But, you know, evidence is evidence and there's so much stuff that's just, you know, public access now that admits um, there's been a program to study phenomenon in the sky, um, Blue Book Project and, and things of that nature. And it really, a lot of it does come down to the person for me and... You know, somebody can be a really good bullshit artist and and fool you. Uh, but I do also go by the demeanor of the person. Um, and somebody else that I I don't believe as completely as David Fravor, but I do, just based based upon the man's loss compared to gain within the situation, uh, somebody else that I, I definitely give merit to what they say is a guy, anybody following UFO cult UFO culture will know, which is Bob Lazar. He has a documentary on Netflix. Um, You know, I heard the story about the guy a long time ago, because, you know, as long as I can remember, like a lot of people around the world, you know, the topic of aliens and UFOs has pretty much always fascinated me. Um, This guy from 1989 up till present day claimed, I don't know if he started claiming in 89, but he, he worked there in 89. No, I'm I'm completely off there. He did start claiming in 89. Let me get my my stuff straight here. It was when the in the 80s that he worked for this government agency that was labeled uh, Majestic 12. Before you just yell bullshit, just, you know, listen to the stories if it was the three bears and Goldilocks and make your own decision as to and, and do your own research. Check it out. Don't just listen to me or anybody. But he claims he works for this agency, this uh whatever you want to call it and the purpose of this agency is to um study and reverse engineer proponents of alien craft uh flying saucers different different shaped ones and this is all coming from Bob Lazar his job along with his you know partner or the other person working on his area is the propulsion what makes this thing go and can we recreate that with what we have and just a lot of the stuff he talks about, you know, one one thing, um, immediately, immediately I know the guy wasn't, like, gaining anything from the situation. I heard somebody say that he did start getting some money for merchandise that had his name or something, but, you know, that, even if he doesn't want it, only a moron is going to let somebody put their name or likeness or whatever, attach their name to something and not get a, a piece of that money, you know, um... But early on, you know, it ended up, uh, his wife left him, Um, you know, he was being followed, phone tapped, raided over and over and over, up until even recently he was raided during um, the filming of this documentary that's on Netflix now. And things about his story, not every single thing, of course, but a lot of things that he talks about when he's, uh, you know, describing his time uh, working for this in this particular project, uh, that people said was crazy, it was science fiction, has been proven true, you know, over the decades since he first came out with a story. uh, One of which being this, I believe it's called a biometric scanner. Uh, Even if I have the name wrong, I can at least describe it right to you. Um, It's pretty much something that you would put your hand on. um, It scans your hand, and actually measures and apparently they keep record of the size of the bones in your hand because apparently the bones in your hand are just as unique as your fingerprints and i guess it's just a way more thorough way of uh you know clearance uh lazard described this way back you know decades ago and it's like everything he said a lot of people scoffed at it you know that's crazy oh it's from you know something out of a movie or whatever that shit exists. There are pictures of it. Um, I'm probably giving you the wrong name, but if you look into Bob Lazar, it's one of the, the big things that have been proven true that he said. Um, him describing how the crafts fly. Saying, you know, you anybody, even if you don't, uh, you're not a, a big believer in UFOs or UFO culture, it's, it's nonsense to you. Everybody knows pretty much what a flying saucer looks like. Okay, you imagine fl- a flying saucer, the bottom... Of that flying saucer he described that when it would actually go to a location or start to move it would pretty much turn sideways and and then go over the years as recording video has become easier and easier it's been proven true over and over again with all these videos you know and I'm not talking about probably 80 to 90 percent of the videos you see You know, or just, you can't tell for sure what it is. But there are some videos that it's just, you can't describe that. And a lot of people have seen those kind of things. And just like myself, you know, of course you're never going to come out and say, you know, guess what I saw, Jim? You know, aliens in the sky or whatever. Because, you know, people will call you crazy. And maybe you are. You know, you always, any... They say, you know, a crazy person doesn't realize they're crazy. You know, right? But, uh... I think that's only true to a certain extent. <laughs> but anyways, you know, Bob Lazar... Um, it's an- another, you know, s- situation... Another person that, like David Fravor... Um, is is pretty credible for a lot of reasons. And, you know, um, there's been... Ever since he came out with this story... There's been, you know, a lot of things that have been done... To try and make him look um, inauthentic or whatever. And he could be to a certain extent... He could be a misinformation agent. Yeah, and it could all just be BS that the government's given him and he's, you know, pumping out for the sake of uh, misdirection. Um, but I don't believe that to be the case. And I could be wrong. Uh, in, in no way, shape, or form am I right all the time about anything. But just the detail uh, he goes into. And I've seen, there, you know, there's tons of interviews with him now. A long documentary that's out... Um, And he's always maintained the same story, just staying on the topic. And I didn't really even plan on talking about this. I had another, I had a list of topics. Uh, But something that I was researching last night that I thought was really interesting. And it's another thing kind of building on this, you know, going by things that are just, they logically make sense and lean towards some type of life civilizations or one civilization whatever it may be um, superior to, to us uh, that's at least been here in the past even if they haven't been here in a long long time And what I'm talking about is you know everybody's heard of, of the concept or uh, you know the legend the story of Atlantis the Atlantis the underwater city well there have, over the years There have been many, many, I mean, you're talking about hundreds of underwater, you know, cities, parts of cities, whole pyramids that have been found under the ocean. And the big thing about this, or a lot of these cities and structures that have been found underwater, when, when they date these things, the year that these same scientists that say people like me are kooks, like say the the pyramid that was found um in in the area of japan in the ocean um according to science when this thing was built man was living in caves we were hunter gatherers cavemen and yet that's that's the time frame when these were built um and and they they say that because not only dating the objects but looking at okay these towns pyramids um whatever or under the ocean okay how how were they built okay they were either built under the water which is highly unlikely not impossible of course or they were built while the land was not submerged you know and that's you know so many i believe they said five or ten thousand years before um we were supposed to be you know civilized near that level and they found tools and um, just a lot of stuff. And it's one of those things that's like, why is this, why is this not a big deal? And I think part of it is because, like with a lot of the media, you know, things are picked and chosen as to what uh, gets shoved down your throat. You know, it, it's just fascinating, and it's things that make it impossible, even if you can't explain it. I'm not saying you know for sure that means. You know, little gray people are taking our cows and putting chips in us. I'm not saying that means for sure either way. I'm saying uh, keeping an open mind is is the best way to approach anything. I don't know if I've stayed on the UFO topic so much on this episode. Change it up a little bit to close out the show. Another story... And you'll be shocked if you've listened this long, but this has nothing to do with aliens. (laughs) But there was a woman, Lisa, Lisa or Eliza Lamb, Asian lady. She was on, uh, traveling around in the California area and was staying at the Cecil Hotel in downtown Los Angeles. Um, Lady disappears. Uh, Of course, search happens. uh, Family comes from overseas to help, however they can. Eventually, her body is found in the water supply on top of the building. And the crazy thing about that is, is there was a—it's on top of the building. Um, The entrance, exit to get to the top of the building is locked and has an alarm okay and this this girl didn't she wasn't working there she wasn't a police officer yet she ended up up there and she had been there for days or she had been up there a while and there was one person who had stayed at the motel <clears throat> excuse me who was interviewed after she was found or, or during the search that was after she was found but said that the water tasted terrible, and uh, that sometimes black would come out of the water when she would try to use it, and she figured, oh, it's just L.A. water. But, uh, you know, you wonder, how did she get up there, blah, 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 what's the logical explanation? Uh, Another part of the story is uh, the last time she's seen alive was in some kind of, uh, I think it was either security or just a camera, on an elevator she had got on. She gets on the elevator... She's acting really weird when she gets on there. She starts putting her back to the wall and stuff, like she's hiding from somebody, uh, looking around the corners of the doors to the elevator. Then she starts looking and talking like she's talking to an invisible person. It's acting really, really strange. Okay, and that's the last time she's seen. Um, The Cecil Motel, I believe it's been renamed since then, uh, but it does have a history. I know a couple of the things, a couple of the things that happened. Um, Richard Romero, Romero uh, the Night Stalker, serial killer, he stayed there. Um, another serial killer who I didn't can't remember the name of, but he stayed there and, and killed so many people. Um, somebody committed suicide there in some kind of crazy way. I know my note-taking is, is vivid. But hey, man, at least you know I'm not just reading it from Wikipedia or something. <laughs> Genuinely trying to conversate with the two of you that listen. <laughs> but it's like a lot of the stories. A lot of these stories I will talk about, the reason why they catch my attention is is like, why is not more being... You'd think more flags would go up. And maybe, you know, I, I read a couple articles about it. Maybe something else was found out... um, anological explanation was was found but as, as far as i know i never heard about it being solved you know i've heard people say hey she could she could have been on drugs which is a possibility heard people say she's acting like she's possessed uh you never know you know it's 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 a crazy world it's a crazy galaxy it's uh a crazy crazy existence kind of like going back to the schizophrenic ufo um believer or schizophrenic UFO abductee No, you know there could be something creepy paranormal and ominous going on and it could could be girl snapped it could be any number of things I think drugs or something the paranormal are kind of equally as likely I said I was going to close out the show but heck let's throw in one more story that's not aliens two in a row baby another story And this is kind of, I guess, would also fall in what you would call the paranormal category. Danielle Hawkins, she was a teacher, and she had apparently been been teaching where she was teaching. Another example of my vivid note-taking and delivery to you. But she'd been there a while. Uh, Normal lady, all that kind of stuff. But she gets arrested, and she gets arrested because she had taken a group of former students... Taken them to a place alone or they'd met at a place alone. She'd convince these kids that they had demons in them. And the only way to get these demons out was to cut them. I think she cut most of them in their arm. I know she cut one of them uh, on the neck with a bottle. And said she had to carterize all of these cuts to keep the demons from going back in. Uh, Just putting flame to it. One, One kid she poured perfume and lit it on the kid's hand. Like I mentioned, one kid, she cut cut his neck with a bottle, cauterized it with a hot key, I believe, put a, a lighter flame to the key, touched it to his neck. I think one of the craziest things about this story, apart from just her actions, are that none of these kids reported it. One of the kids told their friend, one of their friends who weren't uh, involved with the situation, and they told either their parents or... The victim's parents, who had who had told this friend, and they reported it, and that's that's how she was caught. But what that tells me, for none of them, and I never heard any kind of, and maybe it'll come out, you know. Obviously, I'm sure these kids were terrified. Uh, but so far, I've not heard any kind of "Don't say anything, or I'll hurt you, or I'll kill you, or I'll physically harm you or your family." I haven't heard any of that kind of stuff. So, what that tells me is these kids genuinely believed what she was telling them. And uh, that doesn't mean it's true. It's kind of of an eerie story. And uh, after she's arrested, she had recently been divorced, Uh, you know, recently, you know, close to this happening. One of her neighbors said that she had become um, obsessed with religion didn't see, didn't read any kind of real detail into what that meant As she did say though that one day she said that uh, she didn't have to worry she had no demons in her to this neighbor who was interviewed more than likely mental illness a manipulator, both but there's always the chance something heavier could have been going on because you know, I just wonder like you know, and, the, and these are kids, you know, you're, everybody's a moron when you're a kid. As part of being a kid is being a dumbass. Um, no matter how smart you are when you open a book or when you academically, it doesn't matter, matter how smart you are, you're dumb when you're a kid. Most kids don't have much sense. So, you know, that's also a factor. Just a crazy story, man. And hopefully, regardless of the truth, of the reality, of, of whatever the reason was for what had happened hopefully those kids will not be uh, I wish I could say no kids but at least those kids will not be abused or hurt like that again well uh, I guess I'm going to bring it to an end here for this I don't know I guess it didn't really do enough of the first podcast to call this a reboot we'll just call this a restart I'm going to bring it to an end though I'm going to try to keep the episodes of the podcast I do by myself at around the 30 minute mark Just because i think that's better for one person you know once i uh get the podcast i mentioned with my old lady going um you know those will be longer but you know podcasts are always better with more than one person just the way it is it doesn't matter how interesting you might be alone they're just better with multiple people but if you do listen to this i do appreciate your time i hope you enjoyed it and you guys take it easy